Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And last time we left off, the uh, the Ducks were in the middle of their holiday road trip. And, um, you know, they'd won some games, they had lost some games, and they finished up that trip against San Jose. And then the Ducks returned home. And unfortunately, the Ducks have been losing a lot of games. So we're going to go into that. we got a lot of fan questions. we got some uh, World Junior stuff to get to, the All-Star game, uh, some of the Stadium Series Winter Classic news as well. But uh, I wanted to ask you a, a question, Eddie, before we get started. Uh, you know, what does the number eight mean to you? I mean, usually it means, uh, you know, Tame Solani if you're a Ducks fan. But what does it mean to you right now? It means the shots per game I have to take before watching a Ducks game, especially, you know, the way things are going. I mean, I'm probably going to bump that number up after tonight's loss. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're a Ducks fan out there right now, the number eight is probably one you don't want to talk about right now. The Ducks have lost eight games in a row now franchise worst uh you know so it's that's not going good but there's a lot of stuff going on too that we're going to talk about there's some moves that the ducks have done uh some of the bad luck that they've had in some of these games along with some of the poor play as well so we're going to get to all that we got tons of fan questions out there too a lot of you answered up you want to you know voice your opinion you're not happy with this team and what's going on and i completely understand so kind of go through some of the games here and then go through a lot of the news but uh you know, where we left off last time, Eddie, uh, the Ducks had uh, finished that road trip against San Jose. We actually had a watch party at El Ranchito, which was pretty crazy because you were there and you, amongst a few other people, text me and I got there and I almost didn't even have a seat to my own watch party, Eddie. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I got there a little early because I'm like, I have, I'm a time Nazi and I just, I hate showing up late. So I, you know, I arrived like about 45 minutes early. I just sat in the parking lot waiting. Like, oh, I'm just going to hang out. I don't want to be like the person sitting alone. So I get in there 30 minutes before, you know, the game and it's packed. I'm texting like, dude, you might not have a seat. Like, holy crap. It, it was fun. It was a good atmosphere. It, it sucked that the Ducks lost. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I mean, you gave away some sticks, which was really cool. So congratulations on the two people winning those. But yeah, I, I loved it. The atmosphere. Uh, there was people uh, sitting at the bar top too because they couldn't get a table. So it was just really good to see. And thank you for everyone coming out to support. Yeah, it was awesome. And we have a couple more planned too that'll be coming up, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But as far as the game went, the Ducks, uh, you know, finished off this road trip. Uh, they actually started out scoring first. Uh, Silverberg on the power play. The Ducks are up one nothing. Uh, the Sharks then uh, got a couple goals. The Ducks battled back, but ultimately in this one, the Ducks would end up losing four to two. They got uh, outshot thirty nine to twenty seven. Still won the faceoff battle. We talked about how good they had been doing uh, with the draws on the road trip, and then they also got a power play goal. But uh, this game had a little bit of controversy too, uh, Eddie. The uh, game winning goal uh, by Brett Burns was scored, and the puck pretty much went into the netting. Uh, every other Ducks player thought it did at least, and it came back down. All of a sudden, it went onto Burnstick, and he launches a rocket that uh, scores for a goal. But uh, you know, I, I still thought the Ducks played a decent game. I thought they could have got at least a point, but I thought that was frustrating to see that happen where the refs didn't even review the play, didn't even look at it or anything. And uh, you know, there was just nothing really the Ducks could do about it, and they had to play through it, and they ended up losing. Yeah, well, the Ducks challenged to play, uh, challenged to goal ready and lost, which. And that was kind of controversy as well, too, because the knee of a San Jose Sharks player hits our goalie right in the head. And, I mean, come on, it's goalie interference 101. And they ended up scoring it, and nothing gets called on that. And the Ducks challenge it, and they lose. And then seeing the puck in the netting, I wish we would have got some video of that. But every Ducks player just stopped playing once that puck went up. And then, of course, Brett Burns playing in his 1,000th game. You know, like as the hockey gods write the stories, he scores that game-winning goal. And it's just heartbreaking because, you know, if the Ducks knew that the refs weren't going to call that, they would have kept playing and maybe, you know, something would have been different. Uh, maybe the goalie would have been more aware. Defense would have been more into the play. But, I mean, all the Ducks players stopped skating. Once that happened, it's just kind of the – it goes to show the inconsistency the league has 
it, it's been it's not just against the Ducks. I'm not just like, hey, poor us, you know, it's all, you know, all the refs are against us. No, it's every game, and I watch a lot of hockey, not just you know Ducks hockey, and I just see the consistency. And I think majority, if not every, fan base can agree with that. There's something needs to happen with these referees. And they need to be held more accountable for missed calls like that. It's just not fair to the players, and it's not fair to the league. And obviously, the lower in the totem pole, it's not fair to the fans to watch either. There needs to be something more uh, structure within the referees because it seems like it's getting worse every season. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty bad. They they missed that. The puck hit the netting. And obviously, it came down in a weird way. Goes to a San Jose player. Gets passed over to Burns. They score. And then, uh, you know, the, what makes it the salt in the wound worse is that it was the game-winning goal in this contest on top of that. So... Uh, I mean, I agree with you. And there's some other calls we're going to talk about later in these these games that the Ducks have, uh, for lack of a better term, gotten screwed on. doesn't excuse their play. Don't get me wrong about that. But, I mean, there's obviously parts of the game where the refs, you know, the Ducks haven't been getting a lot of luck, whether it's hitting the post or, or these kind of things. So uh, the other big scare in this game was, uh, you know, Gibson got hurt as well. And we didn't know what was going to happen. So the Ducks, you know, finished the road trip on a losing streak. Uh, they lost Gibson in this game. They then had Arizona at home, and, and you weren't sure, you know, this was when Kevin Boyle came up. Nobody was sure what was going to happen. Uh, it was kind of, you know, is Gibson out for a while? Is he going to come back? And then lo and behold, he does play in the game against Arizona. Uh, and, and this one's a wild one. I, I mean, the Ducks score 46 seconds into this one. Andre Casse scores a beautiful goal. Uh, Sprague scores on the power play. The Ducks up 2-1. to one. Uh, Arizona gets a goal back, gets a little bit of momentum at the at the end on the power play. And then the Ducks came out flying again in the second period. Henrique gets a goal just 12 seconds in the second period. And, you know, the teams go back and forth in the second period. And it ends up that, you know, the Coyotes get three goals in the second. They're tied four to four. They go to overtime. And then, of course, the Ducks, we all know how we love the overtime. They end up blowing it there. But this was a really weird game, uh, Eddie. I, I thought the Ducks played well but you know one of the turning points to me in this game was when they were up three to one in the second period uh gibson had a chance to stop this puck behind the net instead it uh, comes out front and uh fisher gets a you know basically an easy goal and gets arizona back into it i mean at that point it was three to one ducks instead it's three to two and, it, and i felt like you know we talked about ducks being unlucky uh that play they got a fortunate bounce and then you know they took that momentum because they ended up getting the you know the, obviously the ducks got a goal but Arizona came back and tied it. And no matter how many times the Ducks went up, Arizona always came back in this game. Yeah, the Coyotes are really, really like, real resilient, and they just kept firing back. They didn't they didn't give up on the play. They just kept playing the game, the full 60 minutes like it's supposed to be played. And, and even being down, and the Ducks started off the game at a high tempo. You have, you know, Kase scoring 46 seconds of the game, you know, just to, to get that going. And – just watching the, the first few minutes of the game, it's like, all right, man, the Ducks are playing really well. They're playing good. They're, they're, they came out firing. They're, they're coming out fast. They're going to win. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a team that's kind of fighting a little bit harder than the Ducks after they went down. The Ducks seem to take their foot off the gas, and you can't do that. If you go up a goal, you should be thinking about your next goal and then the next goal after that and the other one and the other one. But the Ducks didn't do that. And, I mean, both teams came to play, but one team came to play a little bit more than the Ducks did. Yeah, absolutely, and it's unfortunate the way it ended too. They gave up that two on one, uh, you know, in, in the uh, three on three overtime, and it ended up, you know, Ducks getting knocked out. So it didn't work out for them. I mean, the Ducks are still, like we said, they're doing some things right. I mean, they dominated in the faceoff circle in this game, sixty six percent. They won. They got another power play goal. They got forty one shots in this game. You really thought that they had it, but you know, they just couldn't hold on to it. And, you know, they had about, a, a you know, 45 seconds of bad play uh, in the second period, which allowed Arizona to get back into it. And, you know, I think if uh, they could have stopped one or two of those, they would have had a chance. So, I mean, that's what we've seen with this team. Uh, it's kind of a theme. And I know we got a lot of fan questions that we're going to get to about this losing streak and what's going on with the Ducks. But I think you mentioned it in here, and it's something that we've seen throughout the season. I remember one of our shows was even titled, um, you know, how they're consistently inconsistent. And in this game and some of the other games we saw, too, they they have moments of greatness and then they have moments where they slump. And, you know, that's where I thought in the second period after they built that four to two lead, they got a little bit too lax. And like you said, they weren't thinking about that next goal or, or keeping their foot on the pedal. Exactly. And that, that's the story of this season. And, and I can even go back next, or last season, too. The Ducks just can't find a way to play full games. It seems, you know, 
the second period, Curse, it, it still is flips around a little bit. I mean, sometimes it goes to the first period or third period. Just the Ducks can't seem to play that full hockey. I, mean, I don't know what the issue is with that. I mean, it's been going on for a while now. I just wish, you know, the Ducks have a good team and they have a lot of, you know, strong players that can put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, they're being carried by all-star uh, uh, John Gibson and they just seem just to, to let it go. And it's sad sometimes. I think someone posted on, on you know, on our Ducks and Pucks Twitter page if Chad Johnson's going to be in. And I was hoping they pulled Gibson, not because Gibson played poorly. It's because the Ducks are playing poorly in front of him, and it's not fair for him to be just hung out like that. I mean, give him some rest because, like we talked about on our last show, you know, we think they're going to play those 60-plus games this season. But when the Ducks aren't, you know, willing to go out there and, and, and play that 60-minute game for their goaltender, then they should just give him a rest. And I really hope Gibson's vocal and he, he talks about that as well because it, it's not fair to him. And it's, it's not fair for, you know, the whole team in general. Them just, you know, playing laxy-daisy. I mean, you have leaderships and uh, roles in that team with uh, Henrik, with Kessler, with Getzloff. They need to start stepping it up, all three of them. They need to start telling other players to step up. They need to lead by that example and, and not just glide. And, and, and Getzloff is guilty of that, too. I've seen Getzloff on plays when he doesn't get the puck or it's turned over, he just glides. No, you start skating your butt off to get that puck regardless to show the team what to do. And I just really hope the Ducks figure out something and and kind of curve this playing 45 minutes a night because it's not it's not going to work. You have to play this game, and everyone can tell you from every pro to a rookie player, you have to play the full minutes of hockey to win a game. If not, I mean, it's going to come back, and you're going to end up losing, especially against a team that came to play, and they're willing to play a 60-minute game. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. And, you know, they even talked to uh, Randy Carlo, too, about uh, Getzloff's play recently. And they were talking about how he's been in a drought, which, you know, in these games, he these games we're all talking about, he didn't get any points. During this losing streak, uh, the Ducks, um, you know, go in this eight-game uh, drought. He has not scored in the last seven games. And uh, Carlo was talking about how he's, you know, trying to do the backhand passes and be a little fancy and stuff like that. And I think part of it is he's not keeping the game simple, you know, getting the puck on net and just making those, you know, those regular good passes that he does. So that's been part of the issue. I was surprised in this game against Arizona. Like you said, I thought Johnson was going to come out and play this game. Um, you know, you had Gibson. He got knocked around the game against San Jose. They're playing Arizona, you know, uh, not to take anything against uh, Arizona away, but, you know, it's not a powerhouse team. Throw Johnson in there and see what he could do. But they they didn't. They they went with Gibson again. And just like our poll question, we were talking about if Gibson will play 60 games or not this season. And it looks like he's going to because, uh, you know, they kept on rolling with him. The Ducks then hosted Tampa Bay on uh, New Year's Eve and – I actually, this was probably the one of the few games I thought the Ducks actually played better. Uh, they they outshot Tampa Bay thirty six to thirty five, though they had held a, a bigger advantage earlier in the game. Uh, they like we talked about, keep winning the faceoffs uh, as well. They won almost sixty percent in this game, and you know they gave up the first goal, but then Nick Ritchie came back and scored. There was no scoring in the in the rest of the way until the overtime. And of course, as we've talked about, the Ducks, you know, they blew it in the overtime, only thirty five seconds in. But this game was a goalie battle. And, you know, between uh, Velasquez and Gibson. And I, I thought it was a hard-fought game. The Ducks got a point in Arizona game. They got a point in this one as well. And I think this was the best game they played. Eddie, it's just unfortunate that they had to lose this one in overtime. Oh, absolutely. They played a powerhouse team. Uh, Tampa Bay went undefeated in the month of December, and they barely lost their game. I think it was yesterday against the Sharks. But it, like you said, it was a goalie battle. Uh, Gibson played well. Vescoleski played amazing as usual. Uh, Gibson robbed a few chances from Stamkos twice. And then uh, Braden Point, too, showing the glove. I mean, I, I hope players I, – I pray that players keep shooting on Gibson's glove side because he just – he has that on point and on lock. It, it, it was a great one to watch. It was a fun, fast-paced game. And, I mean, we went toe-to-toe with the best team in the league, and we only lost 2-1 to one in overtime. I mean, and this game – Ducks didn't, you know, let their foot off the gas. They played that 60-minute game. And this is what I love to see. I can take a loss like this. If the Ducks just came out to play a full 60-minute game and they took a loss, you know what? Tampa Bay played a little bit better. I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, it doesn't work out, you know, for us. But at least, you know, they came out to play. If they came out to play with this tempo, we wouldn't be talking about this eight-game losing streak right now. And people wouldn't be freaking out about Randy Carlisle, which we'll talk about that later. And I just love what I saw. And it's a great game. And I just wish the Ducks would just – thrive off that and build off that and play like that each and every game. 
Yeah, I think part of the issue, too, we've seen in this has been the passing of this team. You know, when the Ducks are able to make, you know, consecutive passes in a row uh, and not have to always dump the puck in, like we've talked about the dump and chase with Carlisle and whatnot, they seem to do better. And that's been the issue. This game, it wasn't so much, but throughout these recent games, and when they had the other losing streak, too, earlier in the season, it always seems like they make the one pass, and then sometimes they make the second pass, or sometimes they dump it in, but they never seem to get you know more than two passes in a row connected. And I think that's been part of the issue. It wasn't so much in this game. Actually, like you said, they played a good game. They got on the forecheck. They were getting their shots and whatnot. And I, I liked what I saw in this game. I thought they just came up a little bit short. And I thought that they could build off this game. I, I really did. I, I thought, hey, you know, they, it wasn't the perfect game, but I mean, they played, you know, the, the league's best team, and you know, took them to overtime. So you would thought, okay, the Ducks, you know, they got a point in Arizona, a point in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, you got Vegas coming to town. You would think, okay, they can take care of the Knights, maybe, which, you know, the Ducks have had some trouble with them, but the Ducks have played them competitively. And this game, you know, kind of exposed some of the Ducks' weaknesses. Uh, Vegas is a fast-skating team, obviously. The Ducks tried to match that, and they could not match that in this game. But a lot of stuff was going on uh, in this game. Um, Vegas scored first. Uh, They had a delayed penalty against the Ducks. It looked like the Ducks had control of the puck. They didn't blow the whistle. And Nate Schmidt scores the first goal, makes it one nothing, and everybody's going nuts. I remember being there; the crowd was going crazy, rightfully so. And then in the second period, the Ducks came out strong. You get two goals, you know, in, in about twenty seconds. They take that two to one lead, and you thought, "Here we go! The Ducks are going to take them out." And they're they're putting their foot on the you know the gas pedal, giving it to Vegas. But like we said, they have those lapses, and then they ended up giving up two goals in about thirty seconds, halfway through the period, and now Vegas had the lead. And, uh, you know, the Ducks tried in the third period. I actually thought the third period was probably the, the best 20 minutes they played in the in these 60-minute uh, game here. But Ducks came up short. Uh, you know, they got outshot 42 to uh, 27. They actually lost the faceoffs in this one, which is rare. The Ducks are usually winning them. But uh, this was an interesting game, Eddie. Um, you know, a lot of controversy around that first goal. I thought the Ducks handled it well and, and came back and, you know, could have won this game. But then, like we said, they had some more lapses. And they couldn't get it done. Nope. Once again, another loss. And it's unfortunate that the, that goal wasn't, you know, that puck wasn't blown dead. I mean, the game could have been different if the Ducks, you know, didn't get that first goal scored against them. Um, it's just really unfortunate. And like I talked about earlier, too, I mean, the inconsistency of the referees. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like they're reading these rules and it's kind of an ambiguous, like, what is possession? Like, what does it mean to them? Like, it should be just, you know, a, a simple set guideline and not transition from game to game. And it's just unfortunate for the Ducks, you know. I mean, it's part of their fault. They start the first period, you know, getting out shot 17 to 6. They didn't really come to play. They let Vegas walk all over them. Like you said, they tried to match the speed of Vegas, which obviously they're not as fast as Vegas. And it ended up, you know, coming up and biting them in the butt. And then all these penalties of – uh, the referee faking dropping the puck and then calling a penalty on for a faceoff violation. It's like, really? Come on, dude. And then right after that, Kessler gets hit with a double minor high stick. And the Ducks played great in the third period. They killed off that five on three. They outshot Vegas. They outplayed Vegas. It took Vegas, I think, halfway through that to actually get a shot on net. So that was pretty good on the Ducks' part. Um, and there was a play, too, where – the puck bounced off the thing and went right in front. Uh, I think Flower went to go play it, and the puck bounced off the boards and goes right in front of the net. Empty net with a Ducks player. Unfortunately, he didn't have a stick down. And, and any level of hockey you play, if people listening, your kids are playing hockey, if you're going to start playing hockey, the number one rule is keep your stick down on the ice. Because if his stick, I think it was Connor, uh, uh, Cogs or Ronnie, whoever it was, I have no idea. I totally forgot the Ducks player, but – his stick was on the ice. That could have been an easy goal right there, and this game could have changed. It could have probably possibly went to overtime. It could have got that point. Or we probably would have just won that game and took all the steam out of Vegas. Yeah, you're right. This game was frustrating because, like you said, the, the first period the Ducks didn't come out to play. But, yeah, there was a lot of discussion I saw on social media about possession and control of the puck, and I saw some people talking about uh, the definition of possession. They were pointing to Rule 56, and the NHL rule book. Well, if you go look up that rule, it's talking about um, interference with uh, skaters. 
So that rule doesn't really apply as far as this delayed penalty thing. You have to look up rule 15.1, which talks about controlling the puck. And if you look at that rule and the way it's defined in the NHL rule book, it talks about if you touch the puck with your stick, you make a pass, you kick the puck with your skate, any of that is deemed controlling the puck. Well, Gibson stopped the puck and then he also swatted away, you know, in a, in a passing type manner or to clear or whatever. But either way, he touched it twice in that same sequence. So that first goal shouldn't have been allowed. They never reviewed it. They never gave Carlisle explanation, which is a bunch of BS for lack of a better term. And then, like you said, the penalties that were called late in the third, uh, I think really slowed down the Ducks. It's, it's difficult when you're down a goal and you got to kill off almost five minutes worth of penalties because of the Henrique face-off penalty. And then Kessler, I don't know why they called a double minor. I, I'm still baffled at that. Uh, two minutes for roughing, okay. I, I, I don't get four minutes, so I, it just blows my mind. But, I mean, that's the way it goes. The Ducks didn't get the calls. Like you said, they, they had a bounce, and then they couldn't get the stick on the ice. Um, you know, it's just kind of been the theme. It's It's been poor play. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making excuses, but the Ducks have, have not had certain calls go their way, and they haven't had certain bounces that go, you know, go their way too. So, I mean, it's just a tough game. I, I think, like you said, though, they got behind early, and it didn't work out, and that didn't help them. And that that's the thing. They're still not playing that 60-minute game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, and um, the Ducks, you know, they got good news after this game. Uh, we knew uh, that through the practices that had been going on the couple days towards the end of these last games, we knew that uh, Fowler was out there with a face shield. Raquel was skating out there and the Ducks actually got some players back. We know that uh, Fowler came back and played in this last game against Edmonton. Uh, Raquel is still in the IR, but he should be back soon. Um, the Ducks did get Holzer back as well. They sent him down to San Diego. They also sent uh, Street and Dotson down there as well. They both had passed waivers already, and so they sent him down. So, you know, the Ducks, you'd think, okay, they lost seven games in a row. You have Edmonton coming to town. You know, we always like to make it dramatic and come back and beat Edmonton. But <laughs> this game uh, was probably the worst game of the whole th- of this last week and a half or whatnot. Uh, the Ducks got down 3 nothing in the first period. Uh, especially giving up a shorthanded goal late at the end of the first period and just really an ugly game. They ended up giving up another goal. You know, they got down 4 nothing. They started, you know, trying to fight and do things. They outshot Edmonton in this game 39-24. to They won the faceoffs too. But, um, you know, it's just a tough game, Eddie. Uh, you, you get Fowler back. You think you have some momentum. And, uh, I mean, yeah, they had a lot of shots. But, I mean, they, again, they just uh, – that first period, just like in Vegas uh, – they just couldn't get it done. They got blown out of the water really bad in the, in the first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, that shorthanded goal, too, in the first. That just kind of like – that was the icing on the cake, it seemed like. But, yeah, I had hope, though. I mean, Edmonton chokes when they come up to the you know play against the Ducks. So I was like, all right, well, we've been down three before. You know, maybe we can get up. And that fourth goal, okay, maybe, you know, I was expecting a big comeback. But, no, the Ducks couldn't get it done. They played well in the first. They didn't play bad, just – they weren't clearing in front of the net. They're letting players walk right in. They're letting traffic in front of Gibson. And no one was there to be found. But um, third period they came. They threw everything at, at Cam Talbot. Made him look like a superstar today goalie. And he hasn't been playing that well. I mean, he got beaten out by the by his backup. And they played the same amount of games. But he just hasn't been, you know, on top of it. But I guess, you know, today he, he was on his game. And I guess every goalie has that one game. They're going to play on fire. And that was it today. So it, it kind of sucked. Um, and then Lucic, too, of course, you know, he wants to, you know, start mouthing off to Montour and then they get into it. I I just wish one of the Ducks players would just went and drop the gloves with them. You're down 3 0 already. Uh, you just, well, you just, you're down 4 0 now when that happened. Drop the gloves, change the momentum. Like, let's get back to that old school mentality, physical, physical mentality. I mean, Edmonton had everything going their way, the whole momentum swing, and you're not willing to, to drop the gloves to change that. I mean, maybe a fight would have, you know, got the crowd back into it, would have changed the tempo of the game. And that's one thing I wanted to see a little bit more for the Ducks. I, I keep saying this all the time. I, I miss that old school hockey. I don't want anyone to get injured at all or hurt. Trust me, that's not my that's not my intention at all. And I feel bad when a player gets hurt or injured. But I just, you know, I that that that's part of the game. And, and things like that, they change it. Uh, back when, our, you know, the most popular Ducks player, George Peros, 
you know, back in the day when Ducks were down, he used to drop the gloves, and then all of a sudden the Ducks sparked up. The fans got into it, and Temple changed the Ducks' direction, and we won a few games that way. I, I wish we can just get back into that and, you know, not just, you know, be down 4-0, let their, their pretty much enforcer, because he hasn't been putting up any points really, you know, start running his mouth and not really doing anything about it and not have him answer to it. Yeah, and I mean, this basically tailspins into all of our uh, fan questions and everything because, of course, everybody's upset right after this game. And then <laughs> during the third period, uh, uh, Kevin Weeks uh, tweets out that the eyes are on the Anaheim Ducks, quote, down 4 nothing to the Edmonton Oilers. Should they lose tonight, it will be their eighth straight loss, hearing there could be a potential coaching change in the near future. Of course, I don't know what near future means, but we did talk about Carlisle and him getting the boot earlier in the season. I was pretty animated on that show. I was I was drinking, uh, which I am now too as well. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you probably were after this loss to Edmonton uh, or probably the last couple losses. Um, you know, it's just the way you got to cope with this stuff sometimes. But anyways, he sends that out and then everybody goes nuts in the third period. Tail spins all the fan questions. Everybody's going crazy. I, we're not really going to talk about Carlisle and him being gone because we've already talked about that. And I'm not going to beat that dead horse. But I, I think the thing is, is we, we really got to look at this team. If they do uh, decide to move on from him, we talked about you know Dallas Eakins uh, being one of the options. Obviously, the goals are now playing well, which would kind of be a shame because if he comes up, then who would take over the goals? So that's been something that you know Eddie and I talked about in the past and some other people have as well. But the biggest thing is how, how do we – you know, turn around and right the ship, regardless if Carlos stays or goes. And that's what, uh, you know, a lot of the fan questions were, and we'll, we'll go through a bunch of these. A lot of you respond on Twitter. Um, you guys just full of emotion, which is totally understandable. And uh, one of them we had, uh, Eddie, is from uh, Alexander. He asked, you know, with the offense uh, being a concern, um, do we see a possibility of a need for a solid veteran defenseman through a trade? Uh, you know, obviously talking about Raquel, Perry, and Eves uh, trying to return to the lineup. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily a trade for defense that's that's going to help this team. I, I mean, we, we did mention some people to look at. We are going to have a show uh, previewing more potential, uh, you know, players as the uh, trade deadline comes up. But for me, when we're talking about these other players, the forwards and whatnot, uh, I think the biggest problem is we, you know, had Raquel this season. We expect him to do well. Obviously, he's hurt, but he has not had the season he has had before. Um, obviously we're still waiting for Perry Eves is out as well. And, you know, you also have Kessler and Getzloff that aren't doing much of anything. Um, you know, Kessler hasn't scored. I think we were talking about in 28 games and Getzloff hasn't done anything in the last seven games out of the eight with the ducks have been losing. So I don't really see them trading for a defenseman right now. Um, it's hard too. I mean, some of these guys, you can't really trade. You can't go trade uh, a Getzloff or a Perry. Uh, you know, or Kessler with their contracts. So, you know, I don't see them doing it right this second. I, I mean, I would think they would get rid of Carlisle first, but I don't know, Eddie. I mean, is there anybody that you think the Ducks may trade on defense? I know we did talk about, uh, or I'm sorry, trade for defense. I know we did talk about Silverberg because he's unsigned. Uh, it's kind of been at the top of the list, but, you know, he's also one of the few that's doing well. He's got 10 goals. So I, I don't see it happening, but what's your thoughts, Eddie? I don't really think defense is necessarily going to help our offense score more goals. I, I think they need to step up. Um, I, I can't see the RGM making a big move for defense and, and giving up some assets for that. Uh, I was reading earlier that Dougie Hamilton's on the trading block from Calgary, and I mean he's he's a really good defenseman. He's he's probably one of the top defenses in the league. But uh, like player like that caliber is going to you want you know definitely a first round pick and some prospects i don't you know and our prospects that we have are really bright and i can see them you know changing the game of our you know, way of our team when they come up but i, I honestly I, I can't see them you know f their issue being fixed by bringing in you know a kind of a dougie hamilton kind of player and like you said it earlier uh you know the, the kessler and getzloff they need to step up they need to lead by example they need to start you know keeping it simple and stop with those little backhand cute passes. I know it's annoying when people do this, but shoot the damn puck. Shoot. I mean, good. Thing. I, there's this one okay hockey player, I think. I forgot his name, but he said, you know, you, you miss 100% of the chances that you don't take or shots you don't take or whatever, something like that. That's some, some decent hockey player. I think he's, 
uh, Gretzky or something his name is. I don't know. But he said that. At this point, <laughs> losing eight freaking games, shoot the effing puck on net. Get everything on net and create traffic. Uh, I just don't think a, a defender is going to help that. I mean, I, do I think a, we need to make a trade? Oh, absolutely. We need to bring someone in uh, that can score some goals for us, that you know can can just do that one-two punch. And we've been needing you know that that you know that left wing on the top line, a, a solid you know top line guy for a while. It just is it going to happen with the track record of our GM? Most likely, uh, probably not. Uh, most likely, he's just going to trade for someone that's you know like a bottom six, and hopefully, you know they'll start to spark the team like an Aberg. Did when he, they brought him in on, on waivers, but I can't really can't see that's going to fix the issue. I think the issue is internally, and the Ducks need to change something. And I've said this, and like you said, we're, we're not going to go and beat a dead horse or dead duck, as I say. But I mean, I always I use this analogy: like you, you broke up with your ex boyfriend or girlfriend for a reason. So why in the hell are you going to go back to them it's like the Ducks did? Why are they going to bring back a coach they fired? Because the same problems they fired him for are occurring right now. So I mean. That's my take on it. If you guys want, we'll, we'll post a link to our previous show discussing more uh, on Carlisle and and our stance on that and about him being fired or him being staying and who can possibly replace him. So we'll, we'll go ahead and post that link too uh, shortly after the show. Yeah, like you said, we talked about it before. We, we, we thought that Eakins would be the next likely choice. Uh, when the whole Coach Q thing went down, we obviously talked about that, but there's no way because of however much money he's going to want. And the Samuel is, I don't see them paying for that. So that's what we had gone with, which we don't know. We don't know if they're going to do anything. We we did talk about, too, on the last show um, about the whole Carlisle situation, which was a couple weeks ago. But when they had the other losing streak, we said it was going to take another losing streak. And obviously now you have Kevin Weeks talking about it. The Ducks have their worst loss or, excuse me, worst losing streak. Um, so it's there, but again, uh, trying to turn the ship around, uh, we had Andrew asked, you know, with the addition of, you know, Fowler and hopefully Raquel, will that help the team get back on their winning ways or does something else be need to be done? And I still don't think that's enough. I mean, Fowler came back in this game against Edmonton. It didn't really work out. Obviously the ducks losing four zero, um, getting Raquel back would help, but Raquel needs to start scoring goals too. He, he hasn't been doing what he did, uh, you know, recently. So he's not been on the same page. Kessler's not been on the same page, which we talked about. And I think with him, uh, you know, his issue is still, I, I really don't think he's a hundred percent. You watch him play. Um, he's winning faceoffs, uh, but that's about it. He's like Vermette. 2.0. Uh, I saw a few people talk about on, on social media. I mean, that's really true. I mean, that's kind of what he is. Unfortunately, he's uh, had those issues. If you watch him play, he's not checking people hard. He's uh, not as mobile as well because of his hip. I mean, it is what it is. And then now you've got Gutsloff too, and he's in a slump. He's not scoring or doing anything. And he's, he's being almost a, a negative player almost every um, night on the ice as far as his plus minus rating, which, you know, obviously that doesn't tell the whole story, but I mean, there's that as well. So I don't know if just bringing back Fowler and Raquel is going to help. Uh, we know Eves has been practicing, um, but he's still not back. We also know uh, Perry has been working out. Uh, he has not skated with the team, but he's hurrying to get back too. Obviously he had been slumping in the last couple of seasons, as you all know, uh, you all voiced your concerns about that. So, I think for this team to really uh, turn it around, which also uh, George asks us if you know if they if they can right the ship. I think it's going to take a lot of things, Eddie. There's a lot of things going wrong with this team. I, I think injuries are part of it, but even if the Ducks get back these players, these players need to step up their game. I mean, you you need Getzloff and Kessler to start getting things going. And I mean, Getzloff to his credit, he's been out there saying, "Hey, I'm not playing what I should be doing. You know, I need to turn it up." So. Uh, that's what we need. We need Raquel, Kessler, and Getzloff to get their games going offensively. I mean, you look at this team, and you were going to talk about who is going to be leading the team in scoring, and I'd, I'd be talking about Pontus Aberg. You'd be like, what? Uh, you'd be like, who's that guy? Because obviously in the beginning of the season, he wasn't there. So you're looking at things like that, and I, I think those players need to step it up. And, you know, that's a, a huge part of it. I, I think maybe making a trade down the road when the trade deadline comes up. They The Ducks did make a minor trade. Um, I don't think it's going to help much. I, I mean, they they sent uh, Carew to uh, St. Louis and they brought over Jared Thomas, who 
didn't been doing good, but it's a minor league trade. They haven't done anything big, and I think that's part of the problem. But uh, what do you think, Eddie, as far as, you know, the Ducks trying to right the ship, as uh, George talks about, or what Andrew mentions about Fallon or Raquel coming back? It's, you know, do you think a certain player comes back that's going to change the team, or what do you think it's going to take to get this team back in the right uh, direction? I think if Raquel comes back and starts scoring at the pace he was last season and he's the player that he was last season, obviously, yeah, it's going to make a difference. He scored some huge goals for us last season when we were down and, and we ended up coming back and winning the game. So definitely, if he starts getting hot, I mean, he's a player to you know to watch out for. And if we just get two more guys on the line with him that get hot, and that's it. I mean, Ducks can get out of the slump and, and we'll be hopefully talking about a franchise record and wins. Uh, I mean, hopefully that happens soon. Uh, look at Colorado with that uh, McKinnon, Landis Cog, and Ranton in line. That top line is the reason why that team is where they are, and you know, in a playoff position. So it just you know, if if Raquel comes back and he just could, you know, play his best and, and start scoring some goals or creating chances or dishing at the puck and having other players score and start igniting other players' fire, and that'll be great. And yeah, that can make a big difference, in my opinion. Uh, Cam coming back too. I, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting him to do too much. He's he's he was out for a while. He's coming off that facial injury. Um, obviously, he wasn't going to play. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he was still a little timid. I, I can't believe he went with the half shield too today. That was kind of, I mean, the balls on that guy. I would never. I, I still wear a full cage because I'm afraid to, you know, hurt my beautiful face. That's how I make my money. <laughs> I just playing, but <laughs> no, but um. If Cam starts getting hot too, you know, creating chances, shooting the puck more from the blue line, uh, getting a rebound to one of the players in front, or scoring some goals, clearing the traffic, I mean, that can be a game changer too. Just if you just think about it, if the Ducks would clear that traffic when some of those goals are scored, I mean, they're not going to be down, you know, one nothing or two one or or three one. No, that's a game changer. So our players just need to step up, and hopefully Raquel just, you know. I hope whatever was going on with him is over. He comes back healthy, comes up fired up, and he just starts playing Raquel kind of hockey. I mean, I, I mean, it's I hope hopefully that happens. And if it does, who knows what the Ducks can do? Yeah, I mean, I think that you're, like you were talking about, it's going to take a, a group effort uh, getting these guys back, but they also got to be playing well. I mean, uh, Fowler did play a lot in that game against Edmonton. You know, he had 22 minutes of ice time. Uh, out there, only Lindholm had more. So, and he had almost four minutes on the uh, power play as well. So he came back out there pretty good as far as his ice time. But yeah, I mean, these guys are going to have to step it up. I mean, in a group effort. I mean, you can't rely on uh, Silverberg. He, I mean, yeah, he had ten goals. Okay, we know uh, Auberg's been scoring goals too, but those aren't the guys that should be leading your team. You know, I mean, and like we said, you're missing some guys. You have Kase, who's obviously been doing well. He's been a very bright spot for the team, but. There's just not a lot of consistency offensively with this team. They're only scoring 2.35 goals a, a game, which is 30th in the league, you know, second worst. So they they went up. Remember, they're only barely getting over two goals a game, but they're also giving up almost three goals a game. They're giving up 2.91 against per game. So, I mean, you're almost, you know, giving up a full goal difference there. I mean, it's, it's not working out well. And then We've talked about special teams. They've been decent on the penalty kill, but the power play has been non-existent. They're at 14.9%, which is 27th in the league. That's another issue. And they're still giving up a lot of shots against, like we said, uh, which could tire out Gibson. They're giving up 34.6 shots against a game. Um, So there's a lot of things that need to change uh, with the team overall. It's not just they're not scoring, but they're still giving up too many opportunities to their team. They're not getting in front of the net and blocking all the shots. And like we said, they're they're not being as aggressive offensively or defensively. I don't I don't see them taking the body as much, kind of like you talked about. Not necessarily just the fights. I mean, yeah, that's one thing to have someone to go out there and send a message and pump up your team. But uh, you just don't see that hard hitting, grinding Ducks team that we've seen before. It seems like they've laid off a little bit, and I think that's been part of the issue. Uh, you know, at least in this last couple of weeks where they've been losing these games. Unfortunately, is. Um, it's, it's that, and then they're not playing the 60 minutes. So I think, yeah, they got to get some players back. And, you know, we'll, we'll, like we said, talk about the trade deadline as it gets closer. They made that little minor trade, nothing big. Um, I know Eddie's favorite player, Future Considerations, was involved in that because the, the trade the trade was announced in two parts. Carew was sent earlier in the day, and then they talked about getting Jared Thomas on the, on the way back. But it basically was a one-for-one. One. I, I I don't know. But I, I do see future considerations getting traded a lot in the last couple of days. So 
uh, he's out there. You know, if you want him, we can get that jersey customized for you, and and maybe we can squeeze it on the back. I I don't know. We might get future, and then like part of considerations or or maybe like F considerations. I don't know. We have to work it out. But um, no. But on a serious note, this team there's a lot of work to be done, and I mean we've already talked about Carlisle being gone. That I mean, duh, that's one of the big things. But looking past that, you have to look at this team. Look at, at the players that aren't stepping up. And there's a lot of players that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. The the big name players, as we said, they're they're not there for the Ducks. Um, there's just you know lack of scoring going on from a lot of players uh, that you would expect to be the constant sources. And you've got some guys that are still out too as well. So that's a lot of it, I, I think, Eddie. I, I don't really have too much more to add as far as um, the issue with this team, I just I just know when Pontus Aberg is your leading scorer on your team for goals that that your team is in serious dire need of some help. And you've only got three guys that have ten goals and over halfway through the seasons, it's not good. That's terrible. I just I've seen it, but it's hearing it out loud, it just it stings me more. It makes me want to run down and crack open that jack bottle I'm saving in the freezer. Like, man, it's 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 bad. It's I mean no offense to Aberg at all. I'm glad he's having a successful season with Anaheim, but I mean, I mean, our big guns that are getting paid the big money need to step up. And I hope when Perry comes back and fully healed, I hope he, you know, he just steps up and ends up being that scorer and stuff. Um, or maybe bring up future considerations. <laughs> I mean, maybe he, he can help our team. No, but all, <laughs> no, all seriously, I'm trying to figure out why the teams do that with the future considerations thing, especially with the trade that happened, the little minor trade with St. Louis. So I'm, I'm going to dig deeper and go to a couple of practices and hopefully, you know, Bob Murray's there and I can, you know, I can pick his brain if you want, if he lets me to ask him. Cause I, I'm, I'm always curious to see, obviously there's a method to the madness and I'm confused. I looked it up on the internet. I, I tried to ask uh, Dan Wood and he didn't know either. So I'm going to try to figure that out, and I'll, I'll write up about it and post it so I can give that knowledge to you, especially you hockey nerds that want to know everything about hockey like me because when I don't know something about hockey, it irritates the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's usually just draft picks that – usually one pick, and they just haven't decided what round or whatnot unless they do – you know, like they announce this one part of it in the morning and part of it later in the day or whatnot. But that's, that's usually what it ends up being. But, yeah, it is kind of weird. They just – say future considerations are like, well, okay, it's a draft pick, but what round and what year or how many picks or whatever, it's so vague. So, um, you know, that's just usually the part of it that, that comes with those trades when they're just trying to work out something, usually when it's a minor trade, you know, nothing with a, a big name player usually, but sometimes it is part of a bigger trade. If it's something that they add in there at the end or something, they may say, Oh, we'll throw you a draft pick and later on, and we'll just call it future considerations until we decide or whatever. And I'm sure they have some idea what it is. They just don't announce it and then label it as future considerations. So that way they're not like locked into whatever pick that they're planning to trade. So, um, Kind of shifting some gears here, you know that the uh, the World Junior Championship uh, was going on during this last couple of weeks too, and the Ducks had a lot of prospects that were involved in that. And unfortunately, all those teams were booted out and did not make it to the medal games. Uh, you know, uh, Team Finland ended up actually beating Team USA uh, out for gold. Uh, you know, I'm happy for Team Finland. I, I was happy for Team USA. I know they got farther than Team Canada, which was a surprise to many, including myself. So I'm happy to see those teams up there as one and two. Um, and, it, you know, it was a fun tournament to watch. And then, of course, we know that the big controversy came out with, uh, you know, Max Comtois and, and Canada getting eliminated. Um, it, it just It was really crazy during this last week, Eddie, the whole thing that went down. Um, it, I don't even know where to start with this, but you had Max Comtois being praised for being the captain. He comes out in the first game of the tournament. He scores, you know, four goals, uh, and everybody's going nuts. He's like the savior of Canada. And then he has incidents of diving and, and missing a penalty shot. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's the devil basically. And, and people lash out on him on social media and, um, you know, it's just disappointing. I, I, this is the one part I didn't like of it. Uh, you know, he ended up having to turn off the comments on his Instagram account because of this stuff. And it's just frustrating. Plus, we learned that he was hurt, too. He had a separated shoulder. Now it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But 
you know, these young guys, you know, these 18, 19, 17 year olds, whatnot, all playing in these type of games, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tournament and you know, they're, they're juniors, you know, and they're playing in the stuff and, uh, it's just crazy. And, um, it was disappointing not to see any of the ducks prospects to get into those, you know, couple of metal games, but this part of it kind of overshadowed it. And, uh, it's just an unfortunate situation, Eddie. We see a lot of this on social media now and society in general with, uh, you know, people going at it and whatnot. And, uh, I think he handled it well. Uh, they issued a statement too, talking about it, um, saying that they weren't going to, you know, validate uh, any of the quote cowardly comments made on social media, and that they wanted to use this as as a thing to bring light to cyberbullying and how it is a real problem. So I thought he and his representatives handled it very well, but uh, really disappointing to see a guy uh, who is going to be a star. Uh, you mark my words. You listen to this podcast and you save this episode because. He will be a star in the NHL, mark my words. And uh, for him to go through this, I, I just thought was completely unfair and uncalled for. And, and especially the, the change, you know, from a couple games of being a hero to, to being a villain. It's just a crazy sequence to me, uh, Eddie, in, in these couple games in the World uh, Junior Championship. Oh, I agree. I 100% agree with you when you say he's going to be a star, and he is. He's a hell of a player, a, a great player. He's an all-around player. He can shoot. He can pass. His vision's great. He can hit. He, he's a smart hockey player, and I'm glad that he's on the Ducks. I think it's absolutely disgusting about the comments that he was being subjected to because he lost in the World Juniors. Like, he intentionally did it. And he's over there representing your country of Canada because I'm, I'm. it was the majority of you know Canadian fans upset because he lost for them. Uh, he's over there representing your country. Uh, have some class. Have some pride. Uh, if you have an issue, get your ass up and <laughs> out of your mom's basement and stop hiding behind a screen. If you want to talk shit to someone, go to their face and say it. I guarantee all those people that are posting all that crap wouldn't say a damn word to any of these hockey players. Or they wouldn't say a damn word if people knew who they really were. Uh, one of the analysts, I think, posted saying that you know he wishes that Twitter and Instagram and things like that would, would screen more and make you put your 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 employment or school or your real name in photos and stuff. So you can't hide behind that because on Twitter you can just say like, "Hey, I am you know dark black blue ninety three and say whatever you want." And it just, it just sucks that they attacked a teenage kid for he he gave it his all. I mean, yeah, maybe he dove and flopped a little bit. Hey, we most of us done it. It's part of the game, and, and no one has a right to talk crap to him at all. Uh, all because you watch hockey, it doesn't you don't understand the game at all. You never played in National Hockey League. I've played over 15-plus years hockey. I, I skated with two NHLers and playing pickup. Some of my friends play pro hockey. I'm all, I don't know what the hell really goes on in an NHL because I've never played in that level of hockey. To sit there and judge a kid for him trying his best, he missed a penalty shot and had a separated shoulder, and you're just going to say those comments? I mean, come on, get a life. If not, get the hell off and go watch some other sport where that's, you know, that's, that's I guess, liked. Hockey's a, a a great. I think it's the best sport in the world, in the universe. If there's any planets out there, and, and that kind of behavior, it just seems like you know you don't know what the game's about, and you shouldn't even be part of it. And you're not part of it because you're not a real fan. If if you subject people and players and talk to another human being like that, wishing he has AIDS or HIV or dies, like come on, people, get a grip. You are not a hockey fan. And if any of you guys disagree with me, I'm more than willing to talk to you in person about this, but. It's just absolutely disgusting what he had to go through. But credit to him. He handled it like a true professional athlete. And his, his representatives posted a thing. And it just proves that, you know, that this happens every single day. And, and if this happens to you or anyone you know, I mean, don't be afraid to speak up and talk to someone about it. Because it's not fair and you shouldn't, or any player or any person should be subjected to those kind of words at all. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing really more to say. The only thing... I would add to this is, you know, I think it's difficult for people now. Uh, I'm dating myself, but when I grew up in the 80s, you know, we didn't have social media. Uh, a lot of people didn't have cell phones or if you had a cell phone, it was a big box type thing, <laughs> you know, or we had pagers, which a lot of the younger generation, if you're listening, you probably don't even know what a pager is. You know, but back in the day, if you had a pager, you were like some important businessman or some kind of drug dealer or something. I mean, it was like a big deal. <laughs> back in the day to have a pager and it was a big deal to have a cell phone back in the day as well uh like i said dating myself but now 
um, with technology. I joke, but uh, people were born with, you know, coming out of the womb with iPads and cell phones and computers and all this stuff. And I think it's unfortunate because, I mean, I, I get it. We're in a competitive world and you, and you need to learn technology and whatnot like that. And I'm not here to discuss parenting options and stuff, but I think that we as a society as a whole get exposed to technology so fast and with it comes social media, which it's up to you how you raise your kids. If you want to give them a cell phone at five, I mean, that that's up to you. I, I didn't have one till I was 18. So, I mean, again, a different time when I grew up. So I, I get it why people are having stuff sooner. I'm not here to debate that, but I do think as far as the social media realm goes, I would try to hold back and keep people from that. Cause I mean, this guy and these other guys, you know, they're, you know, teenagers and they're getting exposed to this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just uncalled for. I, I mean, you're, when you're an adult and you see this stuff, it's, it's easy. You look at it you're like, okay, I'm going to just ignore, I'm not going to reply, whatever. But these guys are getting scrutinized over a game that they're giving it their all and they love. And they're, you know, they're still growing. They're still, you know, they're not even quote unquote men yet. You know what I mean? They're not in their twenties yet. They're still teenagers. So I think it's just unfortunate to see people go on there and lash out. And like you said, the, the, the other issue too, is the ability to hide on social media uh, Facebook is a lot better now. Obviously, they've been scrutinized, of course, for a lot of different things, but you can't hide on there as well as you can on the other uh, platforms that you talked about. And I think it's a big problem. Um, you know, I've seen it happen to me. It's happened to Eddie. It's happened to our staff. I've seen it happen to other people. And it's not just hockey. It's all kinds of other stuff. We see it all the time. And uh, I think, like you said, the idea of holding people accountable with like their name or where they work or go to school would definitely go a long way to helping because I mean, he had to turn off his comments on Instagram. That's how bad you knew it got. So it's unfortunate. I, I think the good thing out of this is like you said, he did handle it. Well, um, you know, he was a professional put out the thing and I think he's going to move forward. I know uh, we rallied behind him on social media and a lot of other people did too. So I'm hoping moving forward, he's going to be fine. Obviously he's going to you know finish out um his junior stuff this season and then hopefully be back next year at the NHL, you know, and then, and then hope to see him play well then. But like I said, he's going to be a star. And um, I, I think this is going to even make him, you know, even better as a person. Eddie, I, I think the way that he did it um, was showed extreme maturity. You know, he could have gone back and lashed out or went back at it with people. And he didn't do that. He just uh, had that statement. He didn't want to give credit to the comments, which is the same thing that I we did on our thing. I I saw the people post the comments that they said to him. I'm not going to repost that stuff. I'm not going to give those people any kind of audience. And I think with him turning off the comments, you know, some people may think that that wasn't a good move. But to me, I think it's the right move. If if people are going to be that bad, don't don't give them an audience. Don't you know? He can turn on the comments later. It's his own Instagram. He can do whatever he wants. And if it's getting that bad and out of control. You know, he shouldn't be subject to it. Yeah, like we said, maybe he made a couple of mistakes and screwed up in a couple of those games. But this is, you know, it's, you know, it happens. Uh, yeah, he's human. So um, it was just interesting. It was interesting to see that. And I think the biggest thing outside of this podcast and life in general is that we can learn, you know, just be better to each other. That's the biggest thing. You may not agree with everybody. You may see someone do something you don't like, especially in sports. And of course, we all get mad and and we're you know we cheer or, or we boo and, and the way things go. But just remember, everybody's human out there. They're all giving it their all. And uh, you know, if you had a child that was seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen year old, think how you would feel if your child was getting lashed at. You know, or if you're one of the people sending those comments and you think it's funny. I feel sorry for you. Uh, you need to go look in the mirror because. Uh, you're just pathetic. You need to figure out some other way to find enjoyment because going on social media and doing that to somebody that's, it's just uncalled for. But like I said, Eddie, I'm just, I'm happy the way that he handled it. Yeah, exactly. It just, he, he's a, tr a true professional about it. And I'm glad he shut the comments off because other people shouldn't be reading that as well. It just, it, it just brings, it just brings all that negativity. And it's like you said, it's pathetic. And I, I can't believe that people did that. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes I try to have faith in humanity, but I mean, living in the world we live today, it just gets <laughs> taken away from me. That's why um, I was joking on Twitter about how I washed my car and it rained and someone's like, oh, you should check the forecast. This is exactly why I don't I don't watch the news or check the forecast or anything like that. I just don't want to be surrounded by negativity all the time and watching the news and things like that and seeing stories like this. It's just all negativity. That's why I just had to glue my head to uh, you know, a hockey, you know, my hockey magazines or a book are continuously, you know, try to evolve and get better. 
working in like with social media on ducks and pucks or, or reading rumors or providing the best material. So that's, that's mostly I do. I mean, I think 95% of my day is focused and dedicated to hockey and the other 5% is drinking, but <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing. No, <laughs> maybe I'm not. <laughs> that's a higher, that's a higher, that's a higher for, I don't know. That's a higher percentage, Eddie. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Man. Well, I, 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 don't know. I didn't drink all week. Yeah, I, I was traumatized. I was uh, Ovechkin drunk for New Year's Eve. So I had like my, my yeah, well, one of my worst hangovers ever. My birthday was the next day. I couldn't do anything. I was like, oh man, I'm done. So yeah. I, I know mine's coming up, man. Team Capricorn right here on this podcast, man. Yeah. So yeah, man, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in the sixties, I mean the eighties, uh, but anyways, um, you know, you, you mentioned Ovechkin, uh, he was in the news and, um, you know, we talk about, uh, Comtois being a star and we know that, uh, John Gibson is going to be in the all-star game coming up here. And you can also vote, um, for, if you want, Getzloff, uh, in there too. He's the only other duck that could possibly make it, but you can vote at NHL.com slash vote. Um, there's other players on there too, if you want as well, but anyways, there's some stuff going on with the all-star game, Eddie. We actually had a poll question this time for the show. Um, you know, uh, as far as whether or not a player should be allowed to sit out of the All-Star game. Uh, Ovechkin's deciding, you know, he doesn't want to do it. He, you know, win the Stanley Cup. He wants to take the time to rest and whatnot. And, uh, you know, they, they want to tell you, okay, if you're going to do that, then you have to sit out a game. So we did a poll question, and over 70% of you, close to 80% of you said, well, the player should be allowed to, to sit out has been the theme, but I thought it was interesting. We, we threw this question out to Dan Wood and uh, Steve Carroll during this, the game against Edmonton. They had a different take on this. They, Steve Carroll seemed to kind of have a hard time with it and was kind of going back and forth. And Dan Wood was more of the one that was saying, no, you should suspend him and, you know, suspend him more games to prevent it. But I don't know. I I don't really uh, agree with either one of them, Eddie. Uh, I usually do agree with them, which is the funny part. But I think if a player, I mean, within some reason, if a player is hurt for some reason uh, and wants to sit out and take the extra time, I'm okay with it. I mean, obviously, you don't want everybody doing it and just doing it to do it. But uh, I I don't really have an issue with it. And I mean, if Ovechkin wants to sit out because of the season he had and everything and whatnot, I mean, and now you want to suspend him another game. So now he's going to sit out basically, you know, two games, if you will. I mean, I don't know. I I just think that it's, it's, I'm just not a big fan of of making them have to go to this all-star game. And a lot of people aren't even fans of it. It's not even that exciting. A lot of more people are excited about the skills competitions. So um, you know, one of the things I propose too is uh, that they could change it up and just, you know, they could have it later too in the season um, or after the season. In fact, I mean, that's what they do uh, with football. They have the pro bowl after, I mean, obviously uh, you know, football playoffs are not as grueling as hockey playoffs. Of course, and you may still have some people miss it later on, but I mean, they could do that or, you know, like I said, they could, you know, give you a caveat if someone's injured or something like that, they can sit out, but I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of forcing them to do it if they don't want to do it. That's just my take. I I, I don't really agree necessarily with what Dan and uh, Steve were saying. A little bit more with Dan. Dan was talking the same – or, excuse me, Steve was talking the same thing about having the skills competition and whatnot. But what do you think about this whole thing with Ovechkin sitting out and suspending players and should they be allowed to sit out or not? Well, I'm not a big fan of the All-Star game at all. I, I think it's just – you know it sucks when it happens because the little All-Star break and I'm, I'm not watching real hockey. So uh, – so my opinion might be biased because of my, my personal thing is of not liking the all-star game. But I think if a player doesn't want to play in it or participate, they shouldn't have to, they shouldn't be forced to, and they shouldn't have to, you know, endure punishment for it. Uh, this is a, a second year Ovechkin declined to go to the all-star game. And, and who knows what the reasons might be. I, I, I don't know. I could speculate and say, because, you know, you know, the NHL won't, you know, let him represent his country, uh, Russia, during the Olympics. But, I mean, you're forcing these players to, to travel an extra day when usually players have breaks and and to pretty much perform like, like in the Winter Circus. I, I know it's not like that, and I'm, I'm like way like stretching this right now. But I don't think it's an issue. If a player doesn't want to play, just say no, and they should, they should get someone else. It gives more opportunity for other All-Stars to go. And, and and how are you going to force a player to play in an all-star game and suspend them if they don't, but then you don't allow them to, to represent their country and the, the pride that the country they grew up in. That's, I don't get. 
Yeah, I agree. It's a good point. I mean, it's kind of hypocritical. You're trying to make them play. I mean, I get it. The NHL All-Star Game is part of the NHL and the Olympics is not. But still, I mean, if you're going to want a guy to play in some kind of competition like this, then they should be allowed to go play in something else in a bigger stage, the Olympics, and represent their country. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that making someone go and then suspending them if they don't, I just think that that's kind of harsh. And I, I'm more on Ovechkin's side. If he wants to sit out and rest, then let him sit out and rest. I mean, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. And I don't think a lot of people are going to just sit out and rest if you let one guy do it. I don't. I really don't see a whole bunch of people doing it. I know that they, they talked about that in between the uh, second and third period in this game against Edmonton. That hey, you could have a you know like a, a sub all star game because all you know these no names. I mean, the other option is okay, don't have all this the uh, all star type players on there. Have the younger guys play. Have it be the rookie all star game. I you know change it up or just have it be fan votes and don't even have you know just all fan votes and that's it. And then they go in if they're voted in that way instead of, you know, the league saying, well, you have to go, you know, I mean, there's different ways to do it. I, I don't have the exact answer, but I, I ultimately kind of lean towards the player side in this. And and that's how I feel. And I'm with you. I, I also game is kind of boring. Sorry. Sorry, NHL. It is. It's, it's not that exciting. The skills competition is a lot better. I'm just being honest, you know, whatever. NHL's come after me before they, you know, the NHL's come after me before for other things, so they don't like my comments about the All Star Game. Hey, bring it on! And they're not going to like these comments either that I have next, Eddie. Uh, we can go to our final topic. Obviously, the uh, Stadium Series games, Winter Classic games. Uh, you wrote an article on this. We're talking about how Colorado's going to have another one, um, and you wrote one on the Ducks and how the Ducks haven't, you know, hosted one. Uh, obviously, they play the Kings in LA, uh, but. You know, I, I thought you wrote a good article on that. And, you know, I think it's unfortunate. I don't like how a lot of West Coast teams seem to be excluded from this. I mean, like we said, the Kings have been in a couple. Uh, the Sharks have been in one. Colorado's been in uh, one. Now uh, Dallas is going to get one. Um, so I, I'm happy for that. But the the fact I feel like the Ducks have not should get another one. And, uh, and I'm tired of the Blackhawks. Sorry. Stop having the Blackhawks in these games. And, you know, the Blackhawk fans are mad at me. Well, whatever. You guys can pound sand because I really don't care. I'm tired of Chicago in these games. I'm tired of the East Coast bias. Um, but I thought you wrote some good articles. You wrote a couple on there. And, um, you know, what did you think about, you know, these coming games, um, you know, like Dallas, who Dallas should play? You know, we talked about that, too, in the article and who the Ducks should play. Even if the Ducks don't host, it'd be nice to at least see them on the road to go play somebody. Well, Dallas, uh, I'm congratulations, Dallas Stars fans. Congratulations. I'm so glad it's not Chicago. Chicago has played in six outdoor games since it started. It, it's just crazy. It seems like they're always going to play, and that's annoying. Uh, in my article, I noted um, my prediction and who I think the Dallas Stars will play. I think they're going to play the Minnesota Wild for the Winter Classic, the little North Star you know, rivalry right there. You know, Back when uh, – before Dallas became Dallas Stars, there were uh, the Minnesota North Stars. I think that'd be a fun one. I heard other other people talking about they might be Nashville Predators, and that'd be a good one too. But I'm I'm kind of hoping that uh, it's going to be in Minnesota. That'd be a fun one to watch, and I hope nothing but success for Dallas. And I'm glad they have it. As far as Nashville too, I was writing the article, and I hope you guys check it out. And don't just read the headline. I mean, click the article and read the whole thing, and you'll see all the teams I list. But I think the Ducks getting a Winter Classic is probably stretching it a little bit. But I think they can host a state another state uh, stadium series at Angel Stadium. And I think that'd be really freaking cool. Um, imagine watching a, a playing the Kings uh, freeway face off. You uh, you can see from the freeway. I think that has a great ring to it. It's just really cool to see. Um, uh, just, you know, I, I think it's time for the Ducks and, and show us what they got. They can have, you know, all-star events at the Honda Center or uh, their uh, fan fest at Honda Center. There's a bunch of bars, a bunch of restaurants around the area. I mean, a really fun one to watch. And also, um, I, I'm really thinking the league went and visited over there, uh, a Nissan or Center, whatever it's called, arena or stadium in Tennessee. Uh, I really think come 20, you know, 2021, it's going to be uh, – a Nashville getting an all uh, winter classic. I they've been rallying for one. Well, the fans want it. Uh, Nashville wants it. The leagues have been even talking with them. 
I, I can really see them getting a, a, a winter classic, and, and that's going to be good for them too. Yeah, it's Nashville, but it's a new team, as long as they don't play Chicago, which I'm pretty sure they probably will. But as I noted, I think the Ducks can play in that winter classic against you know Nashville and Tennessee. Uh, there's a, a hatred right there. There's a rivalry. The players don't like each other. You can tell that on the ice. Uh, obviously, Kessler and Johansson hate each other, and the fans hate each other. And I think it's a game that can bring in crowds that can get other people watching. I mean, I, there is other teams that I talk to, uh, fans of other teams that say, yeah, when you know, Ducks either play the Kings or like a, a team like Tennessee or uh, Nashville Predators, they tune in to watch just hoping, you know, to see some action because those teams hate each other. And I, I think that will be a really good way to get the Ducks in a winter classic. But obviously, I'd love for the Ducks to host, you know, you know, a game at Angel Stadium of a stadium series. I don't think it's going to be the Kings if they do. It might be the San Jose Sharks, you know, a, a northern and southern thing. The, the Kings are rumored to play against the Colorado Avalanche when they have their stadium series next year in Colorado Springs. Uh, as BSN Adrian Dater mentioned in, in, uh, in his article, the Kings have a lot of – the Kings' ownership have a lot of connections with Colorado. They, they own a paper over there. Um, they own part of the Broadmoor Hotel. If you guys don't know what the Broadmoor is, it's one of the, the best – uh, best hotel in the country, if not one of the best in the world, uh, a luxury ho- a hotel over there. And so the Kings are most likely, it's not really, you know, set in stone yet. They're just working out all the logistics of it, but they're most likely going to play the, the, the Colorado Avalanche. So that's going to be the, the Kings third outdoor game and the Ducks only have one. So I think it's time for the, you know, the league to look at the Ducks and, and, and see the potential they have. I know a lot of fans, too, say, oh, well, the winter classic or outdoor games will be cold. You know what? It's hockey. It's time for a change. And one fan mentioned, too, why not put it in a neutral location and have teams play? I love that idea. Having just, you know, pick a mutual uh, location and have, you know, the, the West Coast teams that, you know, have that hotter climate play a, a neutral spot and host a winter classic. I think that would be a great idea. And I, I know every Ducks fan would love to see the Ducks in an outdoor game and, and a winter classic and our stadium series game. And I, you know, I just keep my fingers crossed. And if you guys haven't checked out the article, we'll uh, retweet it on Ducks and Pucks and you guys check it out and then go ahead and leave your your comments and thoughts and, and, and let's just talk about that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it'd be great, obviously, and a lot of fans would too. I mean, we, we saw the Ducks and the Kings play each other. And we saw San Jose and L.A. play. So why not have San Jose and Anaheim play? I mean, that, that would make sense, um, you know, but obviously uh, Gary Bettman doesn't always make sense. So, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it may not happen. But, I, you know, it would be great to see it. I, I think Angel Stadium would be a great spot, like you said, freeway series, and you're watching the freeway. Um, you know, obviously the Rams and the Chargers are getting a new stadium. There's a possibility there. You also have the Rose Bowl, too. So, I mean, there's plenty of venues in Southern California um, you know, for the uh, Ducks to host one if they don't go somewhere. And I'm down with a neutral site, like you said, too. Hey, if they want to pick a spot and and uh, go play somewhere else, I'm fine with that, too. I'd just like to at least, you know, get, we need some more West Coast love in some of these stadium series and winter classic games. You know, it'd, it'd be nice to see that kind of change. So um, with that, uh, you know, we're going to wrap up the show. We'll, we'll try to do these every week. Obviously, the, the scheduling has been kind of crazy. Also, the All-Star break, they're – be a little bit of time there too but uh, we'll have some more watch parties coming up uh we're actually going to have one with a former ducks player uh, we're not going to announce it now but we'll announce it in the future so look for that that'll be coming up we'll have more giveaways and things to do as well you check out uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks we give away game tickets every month and gift cards uh to cool hockey every month so you can buy a jersey hopefully a ducks jersey but if you want to buy a jersey for another team you can use that gift cards 200 bucks to buy a jersey for any team that you want. So um, check those out as well. And uh, hopefully the Ducks can turn around this losing streak. Uh, We can only go up from here, I hope. And let's go Ducks.